Conclusion No life ends, even for this world, when the body in which it has been made visible for a little while disappears from the face of the earth. It enters into the stream of the ever-swelling life of mankind, and it continues to act there with its whole force forevermore. Indeed, the true magnitude of a human being can often only be measured by what this afterlife shows him to have been. So it was with Christ. The modest narrative of the Gospels scarcely prepares us for the outburst of creative force that issued from his life when it appeared to have ended. His influence on the modern world is the evidence of how great he was, for there must have been as much in the cause as there is in the effect. It has blanketed the life of man and caused it to blossom with the vigor of a spiritual spring. It has absorbed into itself all other influences, just as a mighty river flowing along the center of a continent receives tributaries from a hundred hills. Its quality has been even more exceptional than its quantity. The most important evidence of what he was, though, is to be found neither in the general history of modern civilization nor in the public history of the visible church, but in the experiences of the succession of genuine believers who, with linked hands, stretch back to touch him through the Christian generations. The experience of innumerable souls, redeemed by him from themselves and from the world, proves that history was cut in two by the appearance of one who would breathe new life into them who was not a mere link in the chain of common men, but was one whom the race could not from its own resources have produced. He was the perfect type, the man of men. The experience of innumerable consciences, the most sensitive to both their own sinfulness and the holiness of the divine being that the world has ever seen, yet who were able to rejoice in a peace with God that has been found to be the most powerful result of a holy life, proves that in the midst of the ages an act of reconciliation was worked out by which sinful people can be made one with a holy God. The experience of innumerable minds, rendered blessed by the vision of a God who, to the eye that has been purified by the word of Christ, is so completely light that in him there is no darkness at all, 1 John 1.5 proves that the final revelation of the eternal to the world has been made by one who knew him so well that he could not himself have been less than divine. The life of Christ in history cannot cease. His influence increases more and more. The unreached nations are waiting until it reaches them. All great discoveries of the modern world Every development of ideas that are more just, that are of greater virtue, and that are more excellent in mankind are only new ways to help us know and understand Him more. Hints for Teachers and Questions for Students It will be observed that what has been attempted in the preceding pages has been to lift the main details of our Lord's life into prominence and to clearly point out its decisive events, 
keeping the details as brief as possible. These details are more popularly known than any other part of human knowledge. What most readers of the Gospels need is a concise summary that will naturally arrange itself so that the life of Jesus can be seen as a whole, and an attempt has here been made to supply this need. However, in a Bible class course that extends beyond 12 or 15 lessons, more details might be beneficial. Therefore, a more detailed outline is included here, along with a few questions on the text intended to encourage students to further thought and inquiry. As tools for the teacher, I would recommend Samuel James Andrews, The Bible Student's Life of Our Lord, an unpretentious but excellent book in which the apologetic difficulties in the details of the life are treated with much candor and success. Augustus Neander's Life of Jesus Christ, the best life, in my opinion, that has been published, although sadly marred by two great concessions to the spirit of denial, which had reached its climax in Germany at the time when it was written. Frederick Farrar's The Life of Christ, John Cunningham Geikes, The Life and Words of Christ, or Alfred Edersheim's The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, which will lend vividness to the teacher's remarks. These books, along with a good commentary on the Gospels, a harmony of the Gospels, and a handbook of Bible geography are sufficient. Happy will the teacher be who has, in addition to the above books, James Hastings' Dictionary of Christ and the Gospels, or his Dictionary of the Bible. Preliminary Characteristics of the Four Gospels Matthew Hebrew Thought and Diction Well acquainted with Old Testament in the original frequent quotations, that it might be fulfilled. Matthew, chapter 1, verse 22. Chapter 2, verse 15. Chapter 23, verse 4. Chapter 14. Chapter 8, verse 17. Chapter 12, verse 17. Chapter 13, verse 35. Chapter 21, verse 4, and chapter 27, verse 35. His aim was to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. The kingdom is very prominent. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Chapter 4, verse 17. Chapter 23. Chapter 5, verse 3. Chapter 10. Chapter 19, Chapter 20, etc. Methodical groupings and combinations, such as groups of parables, Chapters 13, 24, and 25, and of miracles, Chapters 8 and 9. Mark, Graphic and Epic believed to be a pupil of Peter, whose fiery spirit 
pervades his book. Poetic Objectivity and Minuteness Details as to the looks and gestures of Jesus, the amazement he created, etc. His aim was to show how Jesus proved himself to be the Messianic King by a succession of astonishing deeds. Stormful haste very frequently uses terms such as forthwith, immediately, etc. Luke, more of a trained historian than the other evangelists. Hellenic grace of style. Series of cameos. Gives reasons for events. Philosophic. Psychological comments. Pauline spirit and universality. Christ is not only for the Jews, but for all of mankind. The genealogy of Jesus is traced back beyond Abraham. Luke chapter 3, verses 23 to 38. John supplies what the other evangelists omitted, dwells especially on the work of Jesus in Judea, tells of Jesus' private interviews, his interior life, and his most profound and mysterious sayings, lyric fervor, wisdom, and beauty of farewell discourses. When were our Gospels written? See Constantine von Tischendorf's little book of this name, Johann Lang's Life of Christ, Life of Christ by Bernhardt, Weiss, Brooke Westcott's Study of the Gospels, or Moffat's, Peake's, Bacon's, or Zahn's Introduction to the New Testament. It would probably be out of place in a Bible class course to go at any length into this vexed and vast question. The most important point is the date of John's Gospel. See Christopher Lefhart's St. John, the author of the Fourth Gospel, Henry Watkins' Modern Criticism Considered in Its Relation to the Fourth Gospel, or William Sanday's Authorship and Historical Character of the fourth gospel. The man who hides from himself what Christianity and the Christian revelation are, takes the parts of it to pieces, and persuades himself that he can account for all the pieces without divine interposition. Here is something from the Jews and something from the Greeks. Here are the miracles that may be partly odd natural events, partly nervous impressions, partly gradually growing legends. Here are books of which we may say that this element was contributed by this party and the other by that, and the general coloring by people who held partly of both. In such ways as these, Christianity is taken down and spread over several centuries. But when your operation is done, the living whole draws itself together again, looks you in the face, refuses to be conceived in that manner, reclaims its scattered members from the other centuries back to the first, and reasserts itself to be a great burst of coherent life and light centering in Christ. In the same way, 
you could take apart a living tissue and say there is here only nitrogen, carbon, lime, and so forth. But the energetic peculiarities of life going on before your eyes would refute you by the palpable presence of a mystery unaccounted for. Principal Rainey, New College Inaugural Address, 1874 Other Sources of the Life of Jesus References in Josephus, Tacitus, etc. are of little importance, except to show how little insight these observers had into the most important event of their times. Jewish history and antiquities explain the period. Ancient history exhibits the fullness of time. Fresh information has recently been sought from two sources. 1. Agrippa are sayings of Jesus not found in the Gospels. These have been laboriously collected by Alfred Resch, whose results have been sifted by James Ropes in Disposia Yeshu. 2. In John Thompson's Books Which Influenced Our Lord and His Apostles, a source from which much new light is expected by some, the literature produced between the Old Testament and the New is discussed, which has all been collected by D. E. Couch in De Apocryphon und Supigraphen des Alten Testaments and Apocrypha Pseudepigrapha by R. H. Charles. The Annunciation Prophecy of John the Baptist's Birth Visit of Mary to Elizabeth Events connected with John's birth 1. For what reasons can the life of Christ be regarded as the most interesting subject of human thought? 2. Why are the first three evangelists called the synoptists? 3. What is the meaning of the saying that the scenery of Israel is the fifth gospel? Chapter 1 There are three opinions as to the brothers and sisters of Jesus. 1. They were his full brothers and sisters. 2. They were the children of Joseph by a former marriage. And 3. They were his cousins. The Greek word for brethren is used with such latitude as to cover all these meanings. See the note in E. H. Plumtree's General Epistle of James with notes and introduction. David McCalman Turpey's Old Testament in the New provides much interesting information on the ways in which Christ and the Apostles quote the Old Testament scriptures, showing where they adhere literally to the Hebrew text, where they adhere to the Septuagint, and where they deviate from both. A recent book on the same subject is Wilhelm Detmar's Vitus Testamentu in Novo. In Yeshu Mudaspraka, Arnold Meyer has attempted to prove that Jesus habitually spoke and preached in Aramaic, and this is accepted on the continent. But even if this were his mother language, it does not necessarily mean that he preached in it. The only elaborate argument on the subject in English, that of the late Dr. Roberts of St. Andrews, ends in the conclusion that he preached in Greek. 
Do not the fragments of Aramaic preserved in the Gospels convey the impression that he fell back on the mother tongue in moments of emotion, but that he habitually used another language? When it is said at any point in his later life that he retired to the mountain, it is generally needless to inquire which mountain. It was any mountain that was accessible. There were few places where there were not mountainous land around. To what extent must this star have been supernatural? What portions of Scripture were most quoted by Jesus? What is the Septuagint? What indications are there that Jesus did not generally speak on the spur of the moment, but thought his discourses carefully out beforehand? Chapter 2 On the subjects discussed in the first half of this chapter, the first 100 pages of Edward Rice's Christian Theology in the Apostolic Age will be found full of light. It would be useful here to give a sketch of the history of the interval between the Old and New Testament histories, of which so little is popularly known. See John Skinner's Historical Connection Between the Old and New Testaments, William Fairweather's From the Exile to the Advent, or R. Wadi Moss's From Malachi to Matthew on the various methods in which Rome ruled subject territories, see William Ramsey's Manual of Roman Antiquities. To learn more about the arrangements of the synagogue, see Frederick William Farrar's Life of Christ. The ritual of Presbyterian churches is a close imitation of that of the synagogue, whereas Catholic ritual imitates that of the temple. Also see Marcus Dodd's Presbyterianism Older Than Christianity. On the Pharisees, see J. B. Mosley's remarkable discourse in his University Sermons, and compare Julius Wellhausen's treatise, The Pharisees and the Sadducees. Farrar's Life of Christ will provide useful illustration of what is said in the text in regard to the scribes. A wealth of information on these topics can be found in Adolf Hasra's History of New Testament Times or in Emil Schirer's History of the Jewish People in the Time of Jesus Christ. The Jewish Religion in the Time of Jesus by Georg Wilhelm Holman might also be beneficial. A somewhat lengthened lesson may be introduced here on the Old Testament prophecies and types. See Patrick Fairbairn's Interpretation of Prophecy and Typology of Scripture. Give parallels from the history of Christianity. Compare the aspects of society in our country at present with those of Israel in the time of Christ. Give the names of people who are said to have been waiting for the Messiah and compile from the Song of Mary, Luke, chapter 1, verses 46 to 55, and elsewhere, an outline of what their expectations were. From various references in the Gospels, make an outline of the ideas that the scribes and the general public had of the Messiah and his era. 
Chapter 3 John the Baptist, Excellent Subject for Class Essay See John the Baptist by Henry Roberts Reynolds and The Last of the Prophets by J. Feather John Owen has a remarkable chapter on this subject in his work on the Holy Spirit. Potuit non pecere, or non potuit pecere. Was Christ able to sin, or was he not able to sin? For a discussion of this topic, see Carl Ullman's Sinlessness of Jesus. The official significance of the temptation of Christ is explained in the text, but it would also be good to discuss its personal significance for the character of Jesus and his relation to his Father. There was temptation to unbelief, presumption, and pride. See Studies in the Gospels by Richard Shenevich's Trench. Adolf Maino's Three Sermons on Jesus Tempted in the Wilderness, Jesu Tante O Desert, and also The Temptation of Our Lord by Norman MacLeod. On the Plan of Jesus, see Life of Jesus in Its Historical Connection and Historical Development by Augustus Neander. Give examples of people who have achieved a great life's work in a short time and died young. For example, Robert Murray McShane, David Brainerd. It has been asserted that Jesus changed his plan because he first addressed himself to the Jewish nation as a whole, but afterward organized the Christian church from the nucleus of a few disciples. What would you say in answer to such a view? What was the difference between John's baptism and Christian baptism? Some think that Jesus and John had met before. Is it likely? Compile the biblical passages that speak of the influence of the Holy Spirit on the human nature of Jesus. Narrate John Milton's account of the temptation in Paradise Regained. To learn about the geography of Israel, see Arthur Stanley's Sinai and Palestine in connection with their history. George Adam Smith's The Historical Geography of the Holy Land. William McClure Thompson's The Land and the Book, Archibald Henderson's Palestine, and Henry Baker Tristram's Fauna and Flora of Palestine. Chapter 4 There were two cleansings of the temple, the one at the beginning, John chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, and the other at the close of the ministry, Luke chapter 19, verses 45 to 46. Such double accounts of similar events in the Gospels have been seized upon as examples of the tendency in speech to multiply one event into two. However, it is forgotten that this is a tendency not only of speech, but of action, and that when a person has done anything once, there is a likelihood that he will do it again. The Great Feasts 1. The Passover, held in April, just before the harvest began. 2. Pentecost, 
held 50 days after the Passover, at the conclusion of the corn harvest, and before the harvesting of grapes. 3. The Feast of Tabernacles, held in autumn after all the fruits had been gathered in. 4. The Feast of Dedication, which Jesus once attended, took place in December. Collect the sayings of John about Jesus, and of Jesus about John. Chapter 5 On Galilee, see Frederick Farrar's Life of Christ. Augustus Neander's account of the methods of Jesus is very valuable. For the convenience of teachers who might want to follow out in detail the incidents of each period, the following list of the events of this year can be given. See The Bible Student's Life of Our Lord by Samuel James Andrews. Second Call of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Busy Sabbath, preaches in synagogue of Capernaum and cures demoniac. Heals Peter's mother-in-law. Cures many after sunset. Next morning goes to mountain to pray, then sets out on a preaching tour in the neighboring towns, in one of which he cures a leper. Returns to Capernaum. Heals a man carried by four friends, forgiving his sins. Accused of blasphemy. Walks by seaside and teaches. Calls Matthew, accused as Sabbath-breaker for allowing his disciples to pluck ears of corn and for healing a withered hand on the Sabbath. Retires to a mountain. Calls the Twelve. Delivers the Sermon on the Mount. Again in Capernaum, heals Centurion's servant. Another preaching tour. Raises widow's son at Nain receives a message from John the Baptist and compliments him, dines with Simon the Pharisee and is anointed by the woman who was a sinner. Parable of the Two Debtors In Capernaum again, casts out a mute demon, visited by his mother and brothers, teaches from a boat. Crossing the lake, he calms a storm, Cures demoniacs in country of Gadarenes. Back in Capernaum, Matthew's feast. Raises Jairus' daughter and cures the woman with an issue of blood. On another tour of the Galilean towns, he revisits Nazareth. Sends forth the twelve. Hears of John the Baptist's murder. It would be a useful exercise for the members of a class to illustrate these events with quotations from the Gospels. Some of the many questions in reference to the possibility and the proof of miracles would naturally, in an extended course, be discussed here. See Eight Lectures on Miracles by James Bowling Mosley and Divine Eminence by John Richardson Illingworth. I do not think that there can be any reasonable doubt that our Lord gave his endorsement to the view that the demoniacs were actually possessed by evil spirits. 
The acknowledgement that John the Baptist did not work any miracles is a strong point against the mythical theory. If it was natural for this age, as this theory asserts, to surround people with a halo of miracle who had impressed its imagination, why were not miracles attributed to John the Baptist? Very few are narrated even of Paul. Connection of the Work of Christ with the Fate of Nature Monographs on Our Lord's Miracles by Trench, Bruce, Laidlaw, and Steinmeier On the Teaching of Jesus, many good remarks will be found in Great Teacher, Characteristics of Our Lord's Ministry by John Harris On the Form of the Parables, the introductory chapters in Notes on the Parables of Our Lord by Richard Chenevix Trench are good. A much fuller account of what Jesus taught than is given in this book would be very desirable in an extended course and could be gathered from the related portions of any handbook of New Testament theology, such as by Weiss, Beschlag, Holtzman, Fine, Vinyl, Schlatter, and Stevens. Monographs on the subject are D. H. Myers, Lucristian Isma du Christ, Alexander Balmain Bruce's Kingdom of God, Hans Heinrich Wentz, or George Barker Stevens's Teaching of Jesus, and George Holly Gilbert's The Revelation of Jesus. Also see James Robertson's Our Lord's Teaching and David Morrison Ross's The Teaching of Jesus. There is much good literature on the parables of our Lord, such as that by Lisco, Trench, Arnott, Bruce, Dodds, Taylor, Goebel, Yelicher, Bouguet, and von Kochfeld. See the Kingdom of God Biblically and Historically Considered, the tenth series of the Cunningham Lectures by James Stuart Candlish. James Stalker's Christology of Jesus, being his teaching concerning himself, concerning the Synoptic Gospels, supplies much information about the voluminous foreign literature on the teaching of Christ. Christ's Method of Dealing with Inquirers On the Mission of the Apostles, see Alexander Balmain Bruce's Training of the Twelve. Sketches of the Leading Apostles The difficulty about the choice of Judas is only a fragment of the larger difficulty of reconciling the foreknowledge of God with man's free will. For some of the remarks on the character of Jesus, I am indebted to Theodore Kimes' Kashista Yesu. Also compare Horace Bushnell's fine chapter on the character of Jesus in Nature and the Supernatural, Philip Brooks's Influence of Jesus, and Francis Greenwood Peabody's Jesus Christ and the Christian Character. See Carl Ullman's Sinlessness of Jesus. The two names by which Jesus called himself, Son of Man and Son of God, should be explained here.
See Villabald Bashlag's The Christ of the New Testaments, Decreased to Logi Noe Testaments. Vincent Henry Stanton's The Jewish and the Christian Messiah, or Gilliam Baldensperger's The Self-Consciousness of Jesus in the Light of the Messianic Hope of His Time, as well as Edwin Abbott's Son of Man, Contributions to the Study of the Thoughts of Jesus. Mention as many great and good men as you can who have been called crazy or insane. What reasons can be suggested why Jesus sometimes used means and sometimes dispensed with them? What proof of the credibility of the gospel account of the miracles of Christ is provided by the confession that John worked none? Is it correct to speak of the miracles of Jesus as interruptions of the order of nature? Can the popular ideas about the wicked life of Mary Magdalene be proved from the Gospels to be incorrect? With what evidence would you support the statements that Jesus, though the man of sorrows, was yet the most joyful of men? What portions of the Old Testament especially justify this description of the Eastern mind? Enumerate the parables of Jesus and make a list of his other most remarkable figures of speech. How would you account for the great difference between the circle of Christ's ideas recorded by the synoptists and the circle of his ideas that we find in John? Which of the evangelists uses the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, and what does it mean? Enumerate the private conversations of Jesus. What proof of their master's supernatural greatness is given by the character and achievements of the twelve? What conclusions can you draw from the fact that Jesus was sinless? Prove the divinity of Christ as fully as possible from the first three evangelists, and show that it is a complete mistake to allege that it is taught only in John's Gospel. Chapter 6 The events of this year were the following. 1. Leaving Capernaum, Jesus crosses the lake, feeds 5,000, walks on the sea, rescues sinking Peter. 2 again in Capernaum. Discourse on bread of life. Many disciples forsake him. He says that Judas has a devil. Discussion about eating bread with unwashed hands. 3. Long journey to Tyre and Sidon, where he cures the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. Then to Decapolis, where he heals a deaf man and feeds 4,000. Return to Capernaum. 4. Leaves it again. Cures blind man at Bethsaida. Visits Caesarea Philippi. The Great Confession. The Transfiguration. Cures demoniac boy. Announces his death. 5. Again in Capernaum. Pays tribute. 6. Visit to Jerusalem at the Feast of Tabernacles. Teaches in temple. Attempt to arrest him. Nicodemus seeks justice for him.
adulteress brought to him. Heals blind man, who then argues with the rulers. Parable of the Good Shepherd. 7. Final departure from Galilee. 8. Journey toward Jerusalem. John and James want to rain fire on a Samaritan village. The seventy sent out. Journey through Perea. Parable of the Good Samaritan. The Lord's Prayer. Mute demoniac healed. Encounters with Pharisees. Parable of the Rich Fool. Signs of the Times. Heals infirm woman. Warned against Herod. 9. At the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. Visit to Bethany. Nearly stoned in the city. 10. Retires to Bethabara. While at a feast in a Pharisee's house on the Sabbath, he heals man of dropsy and tells the parable of the Great Supper. Several parables were directed against the Pharisees. 11. Raising of Lazarus. 12. Retires to Ephraim. Heals ten lepers. More parables against the Pharisees. Blesses children. The rich young man. Salome's request. Jericho, Bartimaeus, Zacchaeus, then on to Bethany. Luke gives by far the fullest account of the events of the period between the final departure from Galilee and the final arrival at Bethany, chapters 9 to 24. It would be a good exercise for the students to gather texts from the Gospels illustrating these events. See Robert McIntosh's Christ and the Jewish Law. The effect of John the Baptist's death on the followers of Jesus is put in a very memorable yet exaggerated way in Philo Christus, Memoirs of a Disciple of the Lord by Edwin Abbott. The Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Dedication. How far does conscientiousness justify conduct? Illustrate your answer by historical parallels to the conduct of the Pharisees. Can you show from the Old Testament that miracles were not necessarily evidences of a divine mission? Chapter 7 Details of Jesus' life that were not referred to in this book. Supper at Bethany and anointing of Jesus by Mary. The barren fig tree cursed. The second purging of the temple. Widow's mites. Several parables. Details of the parting meeting with the apostles. The miracles that accompanied his death. Details of his burial. Restoration of Peter. The Passover took place this year on April 6th. The anachronism of using the days of the Christian week will be condoned for the sake of clearness. I cannot adopt the theory of Judas's career expounded in Thomas de Quincey's well-known and brilliant essay, Judas Iscariot, that he thought Jesus was too unworldly and hesitating and so threw him into a position in which he would be compelled to exhibit his divine glory, but with no thought that he would allow himself to be executed.
Its strong point is the suicide of Judas, which is held to have shown a kind of nobility in his nature. But it is inconsistent, I think, with his theft and his kiss, and especially with the tone in which Scripture speaks of him. Josephus's account of the destruction of Jerusalem might be given here. On the difficult question whether it was the Passover supper that Jesus ate with the apostles, and whether John places the crucifixion on the same day as the other evangelists, see Samuel Andrews's The Bible Student's Life of Our Lord, Excursus X from Frederick Farrar's Life of Christ, and David Smith's The Days of His Flesh, The Earthly Life of Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See also Brooke Foss Westcott's Gospel of the Resurrection and William Milligan's Resurrection of Our Lord. The Silence of Jesus On the legal aspects of the trial, see The Trial of Jesus Christ by Dr. A. Taylor Innes. Herod was ultimately banished to Gaul. Pilate was also ultimately deprived of his position and is said by Eusebius to have eventually killed himself, wearied with misfortunes. His wife, under the name of Claudia Porcula, is included among the Roman Catholic saints. The cross was probably in the form in which it is familiarly represented, although sometimes it was like the letter T or the letter X. It only raised the victim a foot or two above the ground. The soldier was able to reach the lips of Jesus with a hyssop stalk. Otto Zockler has an excellent monograph on the cross of Christ. See William Paley's Evidences of Christianity, especially Part 1. Details of Peter's Fall It was when being taken from the committee room, where he had been informally tried, to a barrack room, where he was detained until the legal hour for opening court arrived, that the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. In some ways, the most important appearance of all may have been that to his own brother, James. On its results and their apologetic value, see Amago Christi by James Stauker. For more about the appearance of Jesus after his resurrection, see Appearances of Our Lord After the Passion by Henry Barclay Sweet, and also a work on the same subject by Frederick Loofs. Quote a passage from Acts to show from how many different countries the scattered Jews gathered to the annual feasts. Discuss the meanings of Hosanna and Hallelujah. Who were the people not of Abraham's seed with whom Jesus came in contact in the course of his ministry? Gather the texts in which the majesty of our Lord's appearances is mentioned. In what points was the trial of Paul that resulted in his being sent to Rome similar to that of Jesus? What were the seven last sentences of Jesus? What is the meaning of the comment that the Christian church is the best biography of Christ?